0: and welcome to another episode of The Legal Geeks. I'm Jessica Muterson and as always I'm joined by Josh Gilliland. Hi Josh,
1: how are you? Wonderful, Jessica, good seeing you. <laughs>
0: Good seeing you, too, and today we are here to discuss something that you've already covered uh, very well in your epic piece on all things e-discovery through the guise of the awesome, amazing, original Tron movie. Uh, It's obviously a fantastic piece, a lot of fun to read as an e-discovery lawyer. It certainly makes e-discovery more entertaining than I'm used to. (laughs) Thank
1: you. I I spent some time on that one.
0: I can tell. So tell me, just you know, summarizing your epic post, how is Tron an e-discovery
1: case? At its core, you know, it's a story of Flynn trying to find files that proved he made a video game and that his nemesis Dillinger stole them and took credit for it. And that's how Dillinger was rapidly promoted and fired Flynn from NCOM that's at its core is looking for a smoking gun document, that email that shows I knew what I was doing, or the memo that said we knew the, the toys were defective and would explode with the children playing with them. <laughs> you know, something that, that bad. And that's essentially e-discovery. And so this is a, you know, a 1982 movie that hit on wow. all the basic e-discovery uh, issues we deal with today.
0: Wow, that is truly amazing. Yet another example of sci-fi,
1: really seeing what's ahead of us in the future, eh? Yeah, and they didn't realize what they were doing in 1982 and how it would impact uh, what it is today. So it, it's it's really fun you know, to actually look at it, and it through the e-discovery point of view. I actually have more respect for the
0: movie now. I'm going to have to go re-watch it again and say, you know what? you got to give these guys credit. They knew what they were doing. You get- or they didn't, and they looked into it.
1: you got to look past the spandex and actually... <laughs> And actually see it for what it's worth. So there, you do have to work through that.
0: All right. Well, what do you consider the greatest challenges for attorneys in e-discovery?
1: First off. If they're not actually having to run from Dillinger. This is true. Uh, education and overcoming fear. Lawyers frequently, you know, despite the fact they're using smartphones and tablet PCs and they, you know, they can watch video on demand, they understand that they're afraid of e-discovery. And, yeah. and I don't know where the mental roadblock comes in. I don't know if it's a fear that they think they have to be a computer engineer, or it's just an unrational fear of you know costs. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure where it's coming from, but they need to learn to overcome the fear. And the way that you overcome fear is through education. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a greater willingness to, from watching webinars on eDiscovery to attending the conferences that teach You know, not just the case law, but but the tech, because you actually have to understand part of the technology from the preservation point of view and how that interacts with with enacting litigation holds, how records management and litigation holds work together. So there are huge issues from the far left and then moving to the right of, you know, the EDRM workflow and being able to analyze... This is, this is what happens with processing. This is what we need to be looking at with document review. This is what early case assessment is. And they need to be able to look at all that and not freak out. And that just comes from learning. And so if there's a huge education opportunity for lawyers across the country. Wow, cool.
0: Well, besides from these e-discovery things that you covered um, at length in your post, what other issues did Tron touch on that you
1: saw? It touched on Early uh, Stored Communication Act issues, and so this was free Stored Communication Act because that's 1986, and the movie is 1982. So they're, they're, it did, did predate it, but issues with hacking and keeping things confidential and not accessing yeah. other people's networks and and taking information from it, which is what the Master Control Program was doing with you know absorbing other programs and hacking into the Pentagon, and so you get into a whole bunch of uh, you know what is you know, electronic communications whether it's you know you know stored information and so it, it touches on you know sca issues and, and that was, wow and so that was neat and again they didn't realize they were doing it because the stored communication Act had not been enacted yet and there, there are several other issues that it touches on as well and one is net neutrality which how does it count, touch on net neutrality so when you know the grid was not a free system. The master control no. program controlled all the towers that communicated with the users, the programmers, uh, and their programs. And so when you control that access of information, you're basically controlling the internet, and who can access what, who can communicate with what. And so part of the thrust of the story was Tron being able to communicate with Alan one his user in the real world to get the disk you know the information necessary to destroy the master control program and so it, it's again it's very it's, it's I don't want to use the word meek but it's it's an undertone so there's some wonderful pre net neutrality issues that, that you have in being able to access information and being able to control the flow of it so again it's very creative in the way that just just gently touches on those before there were actually issues, before there was legislation that controlled them. I feel like the writers of Tron now need to be
0: invited to like the next big techie conference to discuss all these issues. I'm like, how did they identify all these issues? I'm really impressed now.
1: It, it's it's brutally creative. i it's like, wow, you guys really <laughs> good work. You know, it's, it's like, I know is this accidental? Or were they
0: truly tech-like geniuses?
1: I don't know. It's like, I, I haven't researched <laughs> them. It's like, rock on, guys. Good work. <laughs>
0: I now need to IMDb them and see what else they've done. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So what technology? Obviously, Tron is notorious for having all kinds of crazy technology and lots of fun stuff in it. Is there any technology in the film that you think would actually be used someday, maybe someday soon, in commercial
1: use? Dillinger's desk. Because when, when you look at his desk, it's a giant flat screen desk. You know, that's touch screen, and he has information coming up on it grants 1982 technology so it's like you know that that dos language it's like right. three windows and but you know you look at the keyboard it's like hey, is that touchscreen or is that just like built into you know to to the base of it but imagine basically having a giant you know ipad as a desk wow. and wow. and while the desk was apple are you listening well the desk was flat you know that wouldn't be yeah. like, ergonomic for like a full day of work and it would force people to keep their desks clean. So like that, that's another <laughs> benefit of this. But imagine being able to have a desk, and it's at a slight angle. I don't know if that's 10 degrees or, or 30, whatever, you know, somewhere in there where it's going to be the best ergonomic view for you to be touching your desk and manipulating programs and files and either doing doc review or drafting things with, with touchscreen capabilities. I think that will be phenomenal. Because Truly paper-free,
0: too. I mean, especially if you are at an angle. You couldn't have paper on it anyway. But think how nice that would be, to truly be paper-free.
1: You would have, if, take document review. If you had a giant, I mean, like literally, you know, it's like a four-foot-wide yeah. monitor, that's right on, you're right on top of it. And you're being able to interact with things and do your doc reveal. And being able to zoom in and see things, or if you're doing word processing, or if you're working mm-hmm. on a CAD file. I mean, the abilities that you would have with you know, a monitor that big, and combining it into the desk i think would be pretty cool so again i don't know if this is i don't know if anyone's actually tried that at any of the big tech companies if if somebody's like well we make these things anyway let's let's see what she's got <laughs> i right. I'm bored. You guys want to try this? Who's crazy. You know, like, it could be, like go big, boys. I mean, it could be a lot of fun. So, uh,
0: lawyers and geeks everywhere drooling right now at the thought of this, desk. I, I, I would love
1: one. I mean, it's the, I would, too. I it would, you know, be, you know, you could do it so it's good for your back, so you're not hunched over, and, you know, you could have, you know, everything's looking like it's in 40-point font because everything would be so big. I think that would be a really neat way to interact with things. And uh you again, it has to be you know designed so everything's within your arm reach. But mm-hmm. it would be a really neat way to you know to work on things.
0: Well, Apple and Samsung, I'm sure, are both hard at work at their own independent versions of this right
1: now. <laughs> uh, that's another podcast. That that's another That discovery. is another podcast. Yes.
0: In the meantime, I think everybody needs to go watch Tron again and appreciate that once you get past some of the schlocky, you know, special effects and everything from the early 80s, which was a rough time for special effects, um, I think we all need to respect the geniuses behind this movie and everything that they saw both just from a purely technical or technological standpoint, but also from an e-discovery standpoint. We all need to go back and look at it and uh, say, you know what? This is a classic. It was not respected in its own time, but maybe now it will get the respect it deserves.
1: One can hope. So thank you, Jessica. Stay geeky. America, stay geeky. And uh, look forward to, to our next adventure.
0: Bye, Josh. Stay geeky.
1: Take care. Bye.